Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. I encourage you not only to just bring someone on the Sunday, but uh, also we've got this uh, course starting shortly, just on uh, 40 Days on the Word. Uh, I believe it can change your life. And uh, so I want to, last, I, I picked up a theme on the Word of God. I want to do it again. And uh, what I want to share on over a couple of Sundays now is this is, the, this is the topic. It's called Comfort in Times of Trouble. How about that? Comfort in Times of Trouble. And uh, today we're going to focus on, I'll do the same next week. We're going to talk about the comfort of the Scriptures. And uh, I felt the Lord drop this into me while I was just doing a, a prayer walk just the other day. And uh, so let's have a look at our key verse. And uh, if you could just put up Romans 15 and verse 4. And uh, in verse 4, it says, Whatever things were written uh, before were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Whatever was written before, speaking about the rest of the Bible, was written with a purpose in mind for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. So one of the things that's inevitable is that everyone experiences at some point in our life times of pressure, times of difficulty, times of distress. Is there anyone who's never been in such a time? I'd like to meet you. (laughs) Must be Jesus himself. Even Jesus himself had great distress. You know, what Jesus actually said to us, he said, in the world you will experience tribulation or pressures or difficulties. So how many recognize that life is not all sweet? that lots of stuff happens you don't like or wish it didn't happen. How many have had that kind of deal? That's right. So what we're looking at is how to find solutions that work for you in those times. And uh, so that's where we... So there's a whole number of sources of problems. Now, you can probably add your own list to this, but let me throw out some I was thinking of. Marriage can be a source of pressure and difficulty and pain. Family can be a source of pressure and difficulty and pain, especially when it comes to the beginning of the year, paying all the bills. And then when they're teenage years, there's stresses and difficulties. So uh, marriage, uh, broken friendships can cause real pain and stress and difficulty. Financial setbacks. How many have been through a financial pressure or difficulty or stress and really felt something? How many have had that kind of thing happen? Yeah, we've all had that happen to us at some point. Uh, criticism can be extremely distressful. Injustice can be extremely distressful. Conflicts, disappointments, the list goes on. In fact, the more you look around, the more you see that life actually faces a whole range. We face a whole range of things, whether it be uh, in the form of betrayals, uh, sickness, redundancy, setbacks of any kind. Life is full of setbacks and difficulties. The challenge, the thing we should also we should expect that as a believer, it's normal to have that, and as a believer, you'll have more because you follow Jesus. How about that? It says many are the afflictions of the righteous. However, the good news. The Lord delivers them out of them all. And I'm interested how the Lord delivers. I want to know how to find and experience the comfort of God in the midst of stress. So, so the Bible tells us here that through the comfort of the Scriptures. So God has given you the Bible to produce specific things in your life. Teaching, uh, correction, reproof, instruction how to live. But one thing it says here is it's it's designed to bring comfort to you. And we need to learn how to get comfort from the Bible. And we need to understand a little about it. There's a reason we need comfort. And I want you to understand this, because when you understand this, and understand when the Bible's talking about comfort, what it's talking about, then we can learn how to position ourselves to experience great comfort in times of distress. Next week, I want to share 
on how you can comfort others with scriptures. And we'll see that very clearly in just a moment. So there are three reasons that I thought of, or primary reasons why we need comfort when we're in distress. Here's what they are. Number one, when, you, when your feelings are hurt, our thinking is affected and we lose perspective. So when you're in a lot of pain, it affects how you think about yourself, about God, about life, about people, about church, about government, about everything. All kinds of things. Your thinking is affected when you're in pain and the tendency is to lose perspective. Remember Elijah, when he got into tremendous fear and pain, he was fearful of losing his life. What happened? He totally lost his perspective. In the end, he says, well, I'm the only one in the whole nation that's standing for God. And God had to tell him, actually, there's 7,000. <laughs> so you notice his perspective is all screwed up. And it's messed up because of pain that he's feeling. So one of the things we have to recognize is when you start to go through feelings of pain, it affects your perspective, how you think. And for a while, you just don't think straight. And what you tend to do is to isolate. That's the problem. We tend to isolate. In, uh, in Proverbs 18, verse 1, it says, He that separates or isolates himself uh, seeks his own desire. In other words, we're trying to escape from the pain. We have our own things we're trying to do. And, that, and we're isolating to survive. How many understand that? Now, I'm going to show you how biblical comfort addresses the core problem, not just how you feel, but the root issue that happens when you go through pain. And this is what it is, becoming isolated. Church is called to be a community. The Christian faith is worked out as a community. It's not just all about you. And God's answers, many of them are provided through the community not just directly from heaven to you. This Lone Ranger thing where it's just God and me is absolutely a fallacy and an error. And people who get into that zone end up isolating themselves. And it says their heart rages against wisdom or they don't take into account the wisdom of God. So one of the first things is that when our, when our feelings are hurt, and we go through pain, we tend to lose perspective. Second thing is, our sinful nature leads us to isolate. We tend to isolate and then want to find comfort in all kinds of unhealthy ways. Eat chocolate. Watch TV. Alcohol. You know, the, 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 the end is, the, the list is endless, isn't it? Of the ways people try to feel better. Have a smoke. Got to have a smoke. God, I've just got to have a smoke. And the reason usually people have to have a smoke, apart from addiction, is because they're in pain and they need comfort and they turn to the drug. And so what was the solution temporarily to the problem now created a new problem. So the person who turns to alcohol to comfort themselves, do you feel better? Of course you do. Today you do while you're drinking. Tomorrow you don't. And if you keep doing that, then later on you've got a huge problem with alcohol. So... So one of the tendencies we have is not to follow God's process of dealing with pain. We tend to have our own way of dealing with it, and it's quite sinful and harmful to us. People go and they seek out sexual relationships. They go into pornography. They go into all kinds of things to try and find a solution to pain. The solution is comfort, the comfort of God. God wants to comfort us. You're going to see this. The whole nature of God, we're going to see in a moment, is to comfort us. But I don't know why we just don't turn to him. Here's the third thing, the third reason, is because when you're in pain and distress, 
There is a personal devil who seeks to torment you and drive you into isolation. You have to understand that. The devil seeks to drive you into isolation. Why? So he can then begin to work on your mind and your emotions and cause you to feel no value, cause you to feel distressed, cause you to feel pain, tormented, and to lose all hope that the future could be better. Anyone been in a deep depression any time? It's like the future looks so bleak you can't find your way forward. And the way forward is to have hope for the future, but before you have hope, you need comfort because the pain is real. And so we're going to talk next week about how you can use the Scriptures to comfort someone. And we learn to comfort one another because part of the comfort God gives to us comes through the body of Christ. So, uh, so there it is, three reasons why we need comfort. Number one, the first reason we need it is because when we feelings are affected, we get to think crazy, we think wrongly, our perspective goes. Two, our sinful nature, we tend to react and do harmful things. We isolate and... Uh, and then we try to solve it in different ways. Like, for example, Esau comforted himself. You know how he comforted himself? As soon as dad's out of the way, I'm going to kill my brother. And he felt good about that feeling. I know lots of people, and they're just planning revenge. You wait. You, you, you just wait. I'll get them back. I'll, I'll get them back. And, and they're comforting themselves in their pain by harboring revenge. So these are very destructive ways, and demons torment people. So... I want you to have a look with me, and we'll come back to this verse here. I'm going to look to one other verse, and then come back here. So I want you to look with me in, one, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Since we're going into a season of looking into the Word, I want to show you how the Word works to, com to comfort us. 2, two uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves have been comforted by God. How many, what's the one word that really kind of stands out there? Right? You didn't have to be too smart. Comfort. It turns up five times. Okay, so the first thing to see here, first thing to see here is it's God's nature to comfort. Notice what it says. Now the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. So you know when, you, when you're coming to God, Here's the first thing is, you need to know he's the father or the author of mercy. That means he is deeply compassionate all the time. He doesn't have today, I'm happy and compassionate. Tomorrow, I'm angry and out to get you. It's not like that. He is full of compassion. That means he is very tender in his heart. And when we're in trouble, he, he loves us and feels tender feelings and desire to engage and help us. So when the Bible's using the word mercy there, it's the Lord who's incredibly compassionate. Read how many times Jesus was moved with compassion. And so because he's moved with compassion, now he's also called the God of all comforts. So his nature is to comfort. His nature is to comfort. We're going to have to look what that means. Because when you and I think comfort, we need some put their arm around you and there, 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 feel better and pat you on the back and have a good cry and here's a tissue and come on, get on with it, you'll be all right. You know, but it's not that. In fact, that actually can be incredibly harmful to people. So biblical comfort is quite, it's got quite some certain things to it that make it work. And that's why we want to see. So we see that God is the God of all comfort. I love that. So whatever situation 
that we find ourselves in. Here's the one thing you can guarantee. God does not change. He's still a God of comfort and he's a God of compassion. Because he's compassionate, he feels deeply for your distress. And because he's the comforter, he wants to do something to help you in your distress. Absolutely. That's who he is. When you talk to our God, he is the God of all comfort. All comfort means no matter what you're going through, you can rely on him. You can't always rely on people, but you can always rely on him. He never changes. It's God's nature to come alongside. Now, here's the thing. It's interesting, the word. The word to comfort, actually, they can't get the right word to match what the original meant. But here's what it means. It means literally to come alongside someone who is in pain and feeling isolated and to stand with them in their distress. How about that? The primary meaning of the word, come alongside someone. Remember what we said happens when you're in distress? The tendency is to look to the wrong places, become tormented by spirits, and isolate. You think about that. How many times you have felt isolated alone? You aren't alone, and God has not shut you off, and people haven't. It's all an illusion you get in your mind when you're in pain. That is the purpose of the pain. If we just look another level of this, the main problem of humanity is we're disconnected from God. And God's heart is always reconciliation to reconnect us. So anytime you're isolated, here's the thing you can guarantee. God is thinking, how can I reach through to you to enter into the pain you're having and assure you I am with you and I'll walk through it with you? Isn't that amazing? That's just enough to get you full up today already, isn't it? We've got a bit more though. So there it is. Now, let's have a look at what else it says. Now, the God of comfort. Now, so the nature of God is to show mercy and comfort. Mercy, we're not going to judge and blame you because you're in a mess, even if it's your own making. He just wants to help you. Here's the second thing now, what God does. So you notice it says, he comforts us uh, in all our tribulations, so we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have been comforted by God. So here's the, here's the things that I notice in that. Number one, God is willing to comfort you in every situation, even if it's a mess of your own making. Even if you totally messed up and you're in the deep stuff because of it, he still wants to comfort you. That's a good thing to know, isn't it? Here's the second thing we want to know. He wants you to experience something. He wants you to experience a reality of God in your life in pain. He wants you to have an experience, not head knowledge. And we'll just have a verse. So I got this verse. Now he wants you to experience him. He wants you to know the reality. It's not just about the Bible. The Bible points us to a person. And so when you look to be comforted by the scriptures, it's one, God is wanting to use the scriptures to bring you to an experience of him. So your experience in the problem has changed. Unfortunately, most people withdraw. So God, now here's the other thing is, God intends you to be able to minister to others with the comfort you've received. You can't give easily something to someone else if you haven't received it yourself. But if you have, if you have experienced God in the deep, dark place, come to you in your valley, and you encountered him, and he reassured your heart, and you overcame your isolation, and strength came in, and you stood and you walked out of that valley into a place where it all changed, you have a testimony that someone else needs. So when God allows you to go through difficulties in your life, 
One, he wants to deepen your faith in him. He wants your roots to go down to engage him in that problem. And also, he's got people prepared for you to be able to help when you get out of your problem. And they won't get that solution if you don't break through. That's why we say people are waiting for you to break through. This is why your testimony is important. Your testimony is how I experienced God in my difficulty. Think of Dave Wright when they, uh, uh, Dave and Janine when they lost their, their daughter. How they experienced God upholding them in the midst of their difficulty. Uh, I can remember when I went over to my daughter. Uh, how as I, as I came, I came there just to be with her. Not to solve, I couldn't solve the problem. When you've lost a child, you can't solve that problem for someone. You can't fix it up. You can't tell them to get over it. You can't tell them it'll all be over soon. You can't tell them it'll be better. Person's in deep pain and shock. They're in a place of pain. What they need is someone alongside them. You know, it was easy to say anything. But I encouraged and directed her heart to the Lord. And in the midst of it, right at the, the most painful time of the funeral, where actually at the point of cremation, she had an encounter and saw God and saw her child with the Lord. Isn't that amazing, isn't it? And felt comfort. The reality of God comforts us. This is a great thing. God of all comfort, see? So, so notice Jesus said in John 16, we won't go there, but you remember John 14 verse 16, he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. Remember, aloneness is the source of the problem. I'm going to send you another comforter, even the Holy Spirit who will never leave you. So here's the thing you can absolutely be sure of. Even if you've messed up big time, even if you've sinned and failed, and your awareness of God is, is, is quite restricted now, and you're aware of your problems, nevertheless, he says, I won't leave you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to let you be isolated. You can let yourself be, but he will never isolate you. He will always seek to reconnect you. Isn't that fantastic? Now let's go and have a look at the scripture that we want to have a look at, which is over there, and we will look at the comfort of the scriptures, which is found in Romans 15. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. Okay, now, and we read here in verse 4, now whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through, the, uh, through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. That's fantastic. And so you notice what's written beforehand. So the whole of the Bible is written for your benefit. You read about David going through his mess with Bathsheba, that's written for your benefit. If you ever go through a mess, there he is. How did he get through it? How did God handle it? How did God treat him? What did God do in the midst of that? How did God help him out of the mess? That, that's what that's for. When the, the, the people of Israel went through the wilderness and they messed up and fell over and did all kinds of crazy things, it's written for you to learn from. When Abraham lied about his wife and then he got involved and he had a sexual relationship with her concubine and made a huge mess, that's there for you to learn from. See, so the Bible says whatever's written, whatever's been written, of course, so God has recorded things about people and their encounters with God. Now, this is not just a book of, of, of stories. It's a book of people and their relationship and engagement with God. It's actually Jesus' story. So therefore, it's about people engaging with Jesus in various points of history and how he engaged with them. That's what the whole thing's about. So it's written. So it's written for our experiences. And here's what, here's what it's written for. This is why the Bible has been given to you. One of the reasons. Here's number one, that you can learn 
from the experience of others what God is like. You can read what God is like when you read someone's story. You say, that's what God's like. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking he was like something else. Here's the second thing. You can look at your life differently and see it from God's point of view. You see, remember, when your emotions get stirred up, your, your thinking gets messed up, and you look and you are the center of your world. But when you get into the word of God, God begins to shift the thinking so you start to see what is God doing in the midst of this. So when we're, we're in pain, it's all about me. When I get into the word, it begins to lift my thinking to where is God in all this? What is God saying in all this? How should, what is God's perspective on all of this? And so God wants me to align with his way of thinking. That's what helps you. It's what gets you through these things. Uh, the third thing, it's therefore, is to experience the presence and comfort of God. So God wants you to experience his presence. Notice what it says there. These things are written that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures. So in other words, God wants to use this word to, for you to experience comfort in the midst of pain and difficulties. Learn from the lives of others. And uh, finally, and notice here's the outcome. He says that you might have hope. So when God, when you have turned to God in the midst of pain and engaged the comfort of the scriptures and positioned your thinking and acting right, the thing you end up with is a positive view about the future. Now you think of how many people walk around depressed. It's a major chronic problem all over the world now. How many people walk around uptight? How many walk around full of rage and anger? This gets triggered off with the slightest little thing. They're messed up. They don't have a positive view of life. You listen to how many Christians even walk around and they complain, 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 complain. Lose, 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 lose. That's unbelief manifesting. God wants you to have hope. So no matter what situations are, we can look. Hope means... Because it's grounded in God, I can have a positive view about the future. Because now the God of all hope filled me with joy and peace through believing I might abound in hope. Okay. I have to believe though. I've got this something I've got to do in order to get to that place where my attitude is completely different. And I have to engage the pain and engage with God and shift my thinking and respond. That's what gets me out of it. Now, a lot of people say, I'm in a ministry. Come and pray for me. Come and pray for me. Well, listen, if you want to be a baby and suck on a bottle for the rest of your life, do that. And that's okay when you're a baby. But if you've been 20 years a Christian and that's still your answer to your problems, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Because God wants us to learn how to use scriptures to obtain comfort in times of distress. That's what the scriptures are for. God is a comforter. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. Jesus is a comforter. The Father is a comforter. And the Bible can comfort us. But we've got to learn how to engage with that and end up with fresh hope and looking forward to the future. And you notice there are two keys that are given in here. Number one is that I've got to receive comfort from the scriptures and get my thinking right. Number two is I have to exercise patience. Oh, patience, patience. That means I need to engage with the word and person of God and let my emotions and, my, and thinking be shifted so now I'm thinking right and starting to act right. And then what I need to do is I need to continue to do what God wants me to do. And the outcome I can come out with is, oh, I know God is going to be a great outcome of this. I know this is going to work for good for me. See, so there's some things we have to do. Notice, receive comfort of the scriptures. And two, I've got to be, be patient. Of course, we're in an instant age. Someone wants to be patient. You can get impatient just trying to start your computer up. I just want to yell at it. 
so slow starting up. I can't stand it. I have a tablet now because it doesn't take time to see the script. It's on. No, not that kind of tablet, you know, this kind of tablet, you know, iPad. <laughs> I like to switch on, it's there. So no one likes to be patient. Everyone just wants it all and wants it now. But actually, patience is part of receiving the promises of God. Through patience and faith, we receive the promises. So if I want to see my situation move and turn around, I have to, first of all, engage the Scriptures. Secondly, I need to make a decision. I will do what God wants me to do in the midst of this difficulty, and then it will pass. And I'll have a great attitude because I'm confident it'll pass because I've got connected to God in it. That's fantastic. So what practically would you do? Remember, being comforted by the Scriptures is not about just feeling good. It's actually about God putting something into you to get your thinking and believing right. It actually requires you hold on to what God says in spite of what you feel. That's the decision. In other words, or putting it simply, putting it a different way, God wants you to learn to deepen your belief and trust in the time of difficulty. And he uses the word to enable you to do that. Get the idea? Now, there are, uh, I won't be able to go into all of these, but let me just share with you three ways, practical ways, that God does bring comfort from the Scriptures. Number one, uh, here's, the, here's the thing you can do. So here I am, I, ask this, I kind of ask the question, well, I'm in pain right now, so how do I use the Bible to feel better? Now, that's an obvious question to ask, isn't it? I feel in pain right now, so what do I do? Where do I even start? So here's my Bible, now where do I start? I can't find any. Where am I going to go? How do I use the Bible? To obtain the comfort of God. That's the question to ask. We've learned that everyone has pain. We've learned what people do when they're in pain. We've learned that God is willing to comfort you in scriptures inspired by the Holy Ghost of the way he does it. And there's a part I have to play in it. But how do I get the comfort from the scriptures in the first place? Here's the first one. Number one, use scriptures you already know. Use verses you already know. Now, if you read the Bible regularly, you'll have verses, and they kind of stand out to you. They become great verses. So get those verses and read them. I want you to pop a couple up there. Isaiah 40, verse 27 to 31. I'm going to pop that up there now. Can you put it up? You got it? Yes, no. Okay. Well, let me just, I'll just have to quote it. You know, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, I know that scripture. How many know that scripture? Well, why don't you get it in your mouth and start to speak it out aloud? You say, well, why do I have to speak it out aloud? Because your emotions are going so strongly, you'll find that if you put it in your mouth and start to speak it and begin to start to, in your heart, embrace what you were saying. I thank you. I wait upon you, Lord. I mount up with wings like eagles. I thank you. I run and not weary. I walk and will not faint. You are with me. I believe your word. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord God delivers them out of all. Lord, I thank you in the midst of my affliction. Lord, you deliver me out of it. Now, you've got to actually make a decision to get hold of the Word of God and do something. Though you walk through the fire, it shall not consume you. Though you walk through the water, it shall not overwhelm you. Isaiah 43. Because I will hold your hand. I am with you. Be strong. Come on. That's what the Bible says. Come on, get to put it in your mouth and use it. And what will happen is... Your soul will start to shift. Your spirit starts to, yeah, yeah. And your emotions start to subside a bit. That's why you speak it out strongly. Now, it's not trying to make something happen. The core of it is not just speaking, because a parrot can speak, but they don't get into faith. 
It's actually the issue of as I speak, I'm choosing to hold that God's word is true. My words, heaven and earth will pass away. My word will not pass away. Lord, your word will not pass away. What you say to me, you will do. See, you've got to actually engage the person of God through the word. This is not anyone's word. See, the Holy Ghost is a comforter, but he comforts us directly by touching us in meetings and so on. He touches us by quickening the word and touches us by comforting us through prophetic words or encouragement from someone else. We get to that. That's another part. I want to get the word. The word is there to comfort you. So number one, mark out scriptures that are great scriptures and learn to pray them. Learn to speak them out and repeat them over and over and get them around and in your hands. So when adversity comes, though he slay me, yet while I trust him, for at the scent of water, the tree shall rise again. You know, man, there's, there's a whole range of verses. The more you go through, you find them in Psalms, you find them in Proverbs, you find them everywhere and you mark them out. Or you can, if you don't even know how to find them, just get on the computer and type up from the Bible to help me, comfort me. And you will be amazed how many sites will come up and they'll give you scriptures on a grief of death, scriptures on the scriptures of that. But at the end of the day, they're all saying, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, go back to the Bible, go back to the Word of God. Use the Word to build and strengthen your inner man. And you'll find as you do that, you become conscious of the presence of God. And even if you don't become conscious of the presence of God, what will happen is, Emotions subside somewhat and your head clears and you start to think differently for a little while. And you begin to say, and, and what you find is faith can grow and come and arise in your heart. So it, don't turn it into a works thing where you're striving to make God's word work. It's his business to make the word work. Our business is just to believe it and respond to it. Don't get into the thing where you're trying to make it work and your faith is in your confession or in the word. Your faith is in God, trusting him. He says, I exalt my word above my name. No word shall drop. So, that, so that's one of the ways. I mean, there's a whole heap of scriptures like that. See, so you, you read it, you read it loud, personalize it, speak it out over your life, and embrace it in your heart as you feel it. There's another way you can do it. Expect the Holy Ghost to, to quicken a scripture to you. So expect God to quicken something for you. I'll just move through this quickly. So how many of you have found you're reading the Bible, reading through the Bible, and you just suddenly spotted a verse and it came alive and it just touched your heart? Oh, Holy Ghost. Comfort of the Scripture. And you suddenly felt, what did you feel? God is near. And what were you feeling before that? God is far. I'm isolated. Now God is near. Oh, man, that cheers me up. There's hope because God and me can do this thing. So so how do you do that? Well, ask the Holy Spirit to quicken the Scripture. That's his job. He wrote the Bible. Start to just read with expectation. Don't try and make something happen. Just read with expectation. It's his job to open your eyes up and see something you never noticed before. And he can do it. How many of you looked at the Scriptures? You read whole sections, and suddenly one day as you were reading, oh, that stood out. I didn't even know that thing was there. And it was the Holy Ghost quickening a scripture. And now you've got that scripture. You do what I just shared. You begin to personalize that and pray that and declare it over your life. Why? Now you've got a quickened word to hold on to. Before you just had the scripture and prayer and meditation, confession help quicken it. Now you've got the quickening. Now you begin to hold it and choose to believe it. And then stand. What does God want you to do in that? You've got to stand and continue to do that. 
Okay, and then the, the last way, uh, that says there's two, three ways. Another way you can do it is look at stories of people who went through adversity. Take time to, to get into stories of people who were in adversity. And read the story over a few times and just, as you, just reflect on it and ask the Holy Ghost to speak to you. And, uh, and then inquire, what is this person facing? What would they have felt in that difficulty? What would they have gone through as they went through that? What thoughts would they have had? What feelings would they have had? And, and then you'd be saying, now, how did God respond to them? Lord, I believe you'll respond to me the same way because you're my God also. So, for example, um, Jonah, take Jonah. Well, Jonah's running away. What is he feeling? Well, he's feeling uh, a resistance. There's a rebellion and a resistance to God. He's uh, really opposed to what God wanted him to do. He's now taking a hike and a walk and he's running away. And he's in a storm. He, and in the middle of the storm, he's hiding in fear of being discovered. And they discover him, throw him out. What did he feel as he was out there? And then there he is in the sea. What did he feel? Because you might feel you've been thrown out of the boat and you're in the sea and you're just going to sink. Well, that happens sometimes, you know. Everyone feel you've been thrown out of the boat, and there you are in the swell. You're swimming in the sea, and there's in a storm. What do you feel? You feel like either. So then, what happened? God had prepared something that would take him and 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 make him ready for the journey that he had, or the the work that he had for him. So God, what have you prepared for me that I can find refuge in at this time? So you've got to engage with God. The scriptures are to bring us to God. Jesus said, you search the scriptures, you think in them there's life. They speak of me, come to me to find life. Amen? Next week I'll share with you how you can take scripture and use it to comfort someone. In other words, first you've got to receive comfort. Remember, the Bible says that God comforts us that we may be able to comfort others with the comfort we have received. Why don't you close your eyes right now? Just close your eyes. Open your heart to the Lord just one more time. Uh, there may be someone here who's never received Jesus Christ. This would be a great day to make a decision to become a believer, to follower of Christ. To become a follower of Christ requires a decision that I will acknowledge that he died on the cross for my sins. He died on the cross to pay the penalty of those things separating me that I could be reconnected to God. Is there anyone here right at that place today to make that decision? I'd like you to put your hand up so I can pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. If you're right at that place of wanting to become a Christian, God bless. See the hand over there. Is there anyone else here today? Just ready at that point to become a Christian. Give your life to Jesus. He loves you. He's, he's for you. He's not against you. He's for you. Anyone who'd send his son and, and pay such a price to save you, he's for you. God's not against you. He's for you. You say, but I've messed up so badly. Nevertheless, he's for you. Well, we don't understand all the things that happened to me. Nevertheless, he's for you. He's a God of compassion. God of all comfort to help you. One of us, anyone here today and you're in a place of distress in your life, needing comfort, just why don't you raise your hand and say, because the first thing is to actually acknowledge it, say, God, I'm in distress. Just put your hand, God bless, God bless, God bless, God bless. Yeah, God bless. Different ones. God bless. Father, I just pray for each person here right now that they would experience the comfort that you offer them. I pray, Lord, as a church, we'll learn how to get hold of your word and experience the strength of your presence coming near us. Help us to do that, Lord. 